Hello and welcome to Absurdity. I am joined by the illustrious Tony Anoboli. I always say that like I'm joined as if you're a guest and you've been on like 70 some odd episodes in a row. I mean, I, I've been he- like, yeah. You're but, a like, guest. I am, I am joining you. You are joining me every time. Yeah, that, exactly. That, I mean, it's, it is true that you are joining me. There, there is no guarantee in life, Ryan. There's just, there's no guarantees. I want you to know going into this, that I definitely have my Nintendo Switch on my desk right now, and I may or may not have Pokemon playing right now, and that's all that we need to, that's all that needs to be said. Other than, other than, I've also spent almost 200 hours on this game since November. You can't say that publicly, man. That's a private... Nope. You can't admit that in front of people. That's a level of transparency nobody wants to know, man. Yeah, well, it's a level of transparency that everyone now has. I love this game. And here's the kicker. A competitor for this game has finally Pokemon for for like the monster hunter capture game. They've basically been the monopoly on that genre. Like no one has challenged a long them. Time. Yeah, an I mean, indie company you could, you is could now going to do like it. Like actual the actual monster hunter games, but yeah. You don't really not, have like not a, to where the, you can battle them. Yeah. Yeah, and the world building is nowhere near what No, 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 no. No. But now uh, there's a game coming out on early release uh, on Steam, or so for PC. It will eventually yeah. be ported to the Switch called Temtem, and it's it is going to be probably the closest thing to Pokemon that isn't actually Pokemon <laughs> uh, to ever have existed. So I'm really excited for something new to enter the landscape. But that's neither here nor Player there. Player two has entered the game. <laughs> so um, quick announcement for you. Uh, first of all. In two days, January 22 is when A Beautiful Faith drops, and hopefully, uh, once again, we're recording this early, so I don't know for sure, but the podcast network should also be dropping as well. We are hard at work yep. at developing everything, and it looks like we're on schedule, but um, so if it's excited. not up on the 22nd, just check my Twitter or Instagram. There should be some announcements being made why, there. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have some explanation somewhere, but we are getting ready for it. Well, I'm really excited about it. We already have a stock apology written out. Yes, exactly. So speaking of apologies. Well, before you say that, I just want to say I am, if, if this episode sounds a little different, it's because I'm recording uh, from the lovely apartment of wonderful friend of the podcast, Stephen Hall II. Um, Tony is homeless. Wisconsin. So thank you so much, Steve, for letting me uh, come over and visit and hang out and giving me uh, his office space. Uh, and time alone for an hour to be able to do this. So I know I'm also missing out on the second half of the Houston Texan uh, Kansas City Chiefs game. So for future generations, you understand how important what you like absurdity is because I'm missing out on the second half of this game. So this is it's yeah, important. And, and it's like good stuff. The, look at go ahead and just look at how this game played out, yeah. and you will understand exactly why that's a huge sacrifice. Exactly why. But. <laughs> ah. um, no, I, okay, I so, do yeah. love your yours and my relentless dedication to giving as many shout outs as possible to people. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's pretty great. It is. It's great. We will shoehorn it in there no matter I don't what. Care. Like, we will just jam it in there when it should when it does not belong. Um, I was the kid that put the square peg in the round hole somehow 
in, and then you, in kindergarten, just just breaking. And you made no apologies for it, right? No, absolutely not. Like I won the test, I believe. Good. I don't Good. know how I wasn't recruited by like the CIA when I was, you know, <laughs> seven. How, we must learn his secrets. How does he do this? He's not an idiot. He's a genius. He's a savant. He's a um, savant. No. So today we're going to talk about a topic that when I was, when I was thinking about, like when I was developing the outline for this and thinking about yeah. if we should talk about it, I was actually shocked that we haven't really talked about this before. Um, We've hit the fringes of it. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't, like, we haven't I'm, head on. And I don't know why. Like this is such, this is, I, I'm not trying to dismiss the importance of any other issue, but I actually think that what we talk about today is the, not the foundation, but it is one of the central pillars that keeps some of the other issues that we talk about, uh, going. And, um, I agree. It happens with abuse. It happens with, um, acts of hatred or acts of violence. It happens with, um, being unable to, yep. Opposition, oppression, all over the place. Um, And so today I'm hoping that this is something I have a lot of experience with, with what we're talking about, but at the same time um, I have experience also being on the, being on the, the absurd side of this. So yeah, if you, if you, if this is your first time tuning in, absurdity is where we deal with or talk about all things absurd in religion, culture, and society. And the thing about uh, the absurdities we discuss is it, they're things that are so frustrating or annoying that you would say it's absurd that they're still happening today. It's um, hooey. It's hooey. And this is like apologies and in, yeah. inappropriate apologies basically are right. an example of this. And the the sad part of this is this is not something that is never applied to me. This is, but I don't, I don't ever talk about problems on here that have never applied to me really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I try to, but it like just well, in full transparency, I've definitely been guilty of some of the things that we're going to definitely be talking about today. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I, I was going to say like, I've wrestled with it. I've been on the receiving end a few times uh, Same. for sure, but, but I've definitely wrestled with it myself because it's one of those things that I think is a human nature issue. Um, and we'll talk about that, you know, as, as we go on. But I think also one of the big issues that pops up is you have that temptation. Patton also describes it, you know, a little bit different. It's a different situation, but he describes it like the, the pulsing open door of compromise is, is what he describes and, you know, success. And whenever you're in a situation where you have something, um, you, you naturally want to preserve it, which is funny because you have, you know, like all these generations that in the past when they had nothing, you know, we're all revolutionary and oh, let's, you know, just destroy, you know, capitalism, all this stuff. And then they get stuff and it's like, Oh wait, I actually like this. So let's maybe preserve. I want to keep my stuff. And it's, it's very, and we talked about this before, you know, it's very different when you're on the receiving end of, Oh, now it's my stuff that's going away. And I think that's the same thing with apologies. It's like you, you, anytime you have to apologize, there's that kind of um, self-preservation instinct that kicks in and, yeah. and you want to say, I kind I maybe if I, you know, I, I, we'll talk about this, but the, I think it's just like part of the human condition. I think every one of us 
has either struggled with it or or done it, you know, been been a yeah. been a victim of it or or actually done it to someone else. An insincere or inappropriate apology. When I was thinking about this and trying to develop, you know, the the we 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 follow like a general framework or outline for every episode. And when I was thinking about this, I wanted to I started to think Man, we really do live in a in a society or a culture that that values me or that that values self preservation, and I and I almost wanted to say we built that culture. But then, as I thought about it, a I remembered all the pastors that talked about we live like any pastor in the last decade that is above the age of thirty when the iPhone came out has uh, has at some point preached a sermon or made a reference about the uh, about the i generation the iphone the ipod uh the the i culture and the i you know everything's about me and then i realized that this isn't really a modern thing (laughs) no um this really is a part of the human condition that we do value self-preservation and value me above every about above everything else like that tends to be our default uh setting i guess would be the yeah we'd love to take the sins of our own generation and then apply it to like the principles of what we did in our generation, and then apply it to the new particulars of the following generation. You know, like as a millennial, I'll be like, oh, these stupid TikToks. Like we didn't do vines, you know, like, oh, these Gen yeah. Zs and their dumb TikToks. It's like, dude, we had the exact same thing. Like we can, you know, you can do that with anything. I'm sure later on when we have, you know, completely digital phones that you just, you stick something in your eye, you get a, a chip implanted in your brain and you just tap your forehead and you get a phone. Um, we're going to be complaining about this generation. Like I had to actually text with my hands back in the day, you know, and we're going to be saying the same things. Um, that was suspiciously specific. That was suspiciously specific. All of it. I I can't tell if you're like quoting revelation. I've seen a lot of sci-fi in my life. Or if okay, you, do you know understand? the future. I'm very do you understand concerned. How many sci-fi movies and episodes <laughs> and books I have read in my lifetime. Yeah. Now that I am 30. Anyway. But Almost. no, I think I think that 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 idea or that default mode yeah. is one of those is is one of the main reasons that we have uh, we've this is what I do believe we've built, which is a, we've built a culture that only values apologies in so much as they get me out of my negative feelings faster or they get yeah. me out of a negative yeah. situation faster situation. Yeah. Uh, I'll apologize to a cop if it means I won't get a ticket. I'll apologize to my significant other and they'll forgive me really quick and we'll be done, right? Uh, I don't believe I've done anything wrong, but I'll apologize anyways just to, you know, keep the, you know, just to, just to, just to um, get past this. And it's, it is, and in some cases, I do think that they're born out of a desire to return to the way things were before, but ultimately I do see them like, a motivation to make inappropriate apologies specifically typically comes from this selfish desire to get out scot-free or to get out as easy as possible. Right. Yeah. It's a deflection of blame by admitting, admitting to some of the guilt. It's a deflection of the blame. Um, and a lot of, a lot of that, and that's, and that's what you'll often hear from these insincere apologies and these inappropriate apologies is a deflection of blame. Um, because that's the ultimate purpose of it. It's not to acknowledge or own the 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 blame. It's it's a desire to deflect it. And, and you know, I'll 
I keep saying like, I'll go through that deeper, but it's like, I, I really don't want to get ahead. I want to start, you know, from a baseline. All right, so let's, let's talk about this real quick. What would you consider to be an apology Let's do our standard? Well, it's yeah. not so standard anymore, but like, let's do, all right, let's set the baseline. What, what yeah. do you consider an apology to be Becker? I think, I think an apology is a specific acknowledgement of wrongdoing on the part of the, you know, apologizing party and a, you know, in, in an effort to restore a, what was broken or right, what was wrong. That is, so if it was, you know, broken trust or if okay, it was, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I don't want to say, you know, they, there, there usually are goals in addition to that, but ultimately I think at the end of the day, you're either trying to write what was wrong and that is the justice part of it, or you are trying to restore what was, you know, what, what you broke. And that is, I think those are the two core things that I would say are, you know, a key components of, of an apology of an actual apology, but I don't know what, where you differ on that. I, I, I mean, I would only add that it's, um, it's that same type of thing, like an acknowledgement of guilt and an expressal of the, of the desire to never do that again. Oh yeah. So essentially to yeah. me, like an apology is if I could go back and not do this, I would never do this. Therefore I will never do this again. Yep. That to me is yep. a true apology. Um, yeah, I can get on board. It's, with it's that. exactly what you said. Like to me, I would just I would just tack that on as as the second part of the apology. Like the first part is that acknowledgement. Like something has happened. This is my fault. Um, and then and then I don't want you know how can we avoid this in the future? I will avoid this in the future. You know this is not going to happen again because if I could go back, I would not do this thing. Yep. Um, well, and and it's acknowledging like not just that I did something wrong but that um that what i did caused pain that something did happen Uh, not just i did wrong forgive me i did wrong and it hurt you and like that's not okay either but there's two there's two wrongs right like i wouldn't even yeah like i wouldn't even say wrong i would just say i did this thing like my actions or inactions caused this yeah i would agree with that so that that i think is a is a is a decent baseline and the hard thing with defining something like this is it, it covers such a wide variety or wide, uh, wide range Spectrum. of, yeah, of apologies or of situations to apologize for. And so, you know, you've got to find out like, are we, you know, what are we apologizing for? Is it, I, you know, I took a dollar from your purse or I cheated on you, my spouse of 30 years. Like, I don't, you know, like there's, there is a very big difference between those two things. And the, but I think the core of the apology is still the same. It's an acknowledgement of an inappropriate action or, or inaction taken and a desire to, um, or an expressed desire to an acknowledgement of what was wrong or what the person did wrong and an expressed desire to heal what was broken or to fix what was uh, fix what they broke. So, yeah. So, uh, so the flip side would be that an, an insincere inappropriate apology would be one that's more interested in something other than healing that broken relationship and righting the wrong. Yep. That's, that's exactly I what think I would is, say. Is, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the flip side is is true. If one side is true, then the flip side is also corollary? true in the, other, in the other way. We going back to high school geometry. We're talking about the corollary now. The corollary or um, uh, corollary is what I've heard other people say, but I'm pretty sure it's corollary. You know, it truly. Oh, dang it! What's the word that Steve always messed up? Um, Earth real. 
It true. It truly is an earthreal experience. If ethereal is the word that we found out our friend Steve uh, had been mistakenly <laughs> been pronouncing for, for his time. entire life. For a long uh, time. <laughs> no, yeah, I, like, uh, yeah, no, the, no, I agree with that. The reality is like, like it's, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And I think it's this idea of sometimes people apologize to either get closure or to like make, make the right feelings. Like I don't like this awkwardness, so I'm going to do this thing to, to make things not awkward anymore. Yep. And it's like, no, that's not, and those I don't think are malicious. Like I think some people do inappropriate apologies for reasons that aren't malicious. They just don't understand what the purpose of an apology is for. Um, other people do it, you know, because they want closure. They feel guilty. You know, they're like, oh yep. man, I don't like this guilty thing. So it, and it's about, it becomes solely about them and their feelings. And, and it's not about the other person. And, well, and I, I really want to be clear here too, that an apology, and, and I think this was intentional, whether we realize it in the moment or not, but our definitions of apology excluded the forgiveness side of it. Like right. an apology is not based on or should not Whether be not, based on yeah. an expectation, an expectation of forgiveness. Yeah. An apology yeah. is done because you did something wrong and now you're, you're making, you're attempting to make things right. But in a, a forgiveness is an entirely separate side of this coin that uh, is the responsibility of then the other party, but it the is not something, yeah, yeah the, but it's not what you, you can't control that. Um, so and, that, and honestly, and honestly, there are times when an apology, you, you have to, you know, you can apologize for something that you're not even, um, needing for, forgiveness for. It's simply, mm. Hey, you know what? My actions caused hurt. Yep. And I, you know, that's what I'm apologizing for. I'm sorry that this hurts you, even though I truly did not hurt, you know, I, it, there, there was no reason for you to need to forgive me. Um, but I was a part mm. of this, you know, and I'm sorry for that. Um, yeah. Or even like, you know, if I were to apologize for my ancestors, you know, I don't need forgiveness for my ancestors, but I do need to apologize for, for their bad actions sometimes. Mm. Um, and in that way, you know, I am truly sorry. You know, I have a, a side of my family where, well, I won't get into necessarily that much, but, you know, they they might have owned slaves back in the day. And it's like, man, you know, that... I I truly am sorry about that because that's terrible. It's horrible. It's something that never should have happened, but I did not do anything. And so it's, it becomes difficult because there are times when you don't even need to be forgiven, but you might still need to apologize. And that, yep. that is where you need to understand. It truly is not about, it's not about getting something out of it. And people who make inappropriate apologies, they don't understand that. They always are trying to get something out of it. Yep. Absolutely. And, to be fair, there are natural byproducts that you do get out of apologizing, right? Like it's not this. This isn't like a a zero benefit game or a lose lose for you. But it's understanding that you no longer like you don't in a, in order to in order to keep up with our nerdy selves. Like you no longer have the high ground here. You don't you don't get to you don't get to dictate the terms anymore. Do not underestimate my power, Becker. <laughs> You were the chosen one. Um, don't do it, Anakin. So, You're like a brother to me, Becker. <laughs> um, if you are not with me, then you are my enemy. The no, no, but but you you don't have you yeah. don't dictate the terms anymore. Yeah. And whether you did before or not, you certainly don't now. 
And so I, I think it is really important to, to make that distinction. But um, I do want to talk about, I do want to, I do want to talk about the, the, some of the, the absurd reasons that we actually do make inappropriate apologies. And I think yeah, one let's of the, go over those. Yeah. So yeah, I think let's one of the, that's good. I think one of the first ones is, is using them as an attempt for quick closure uh, or just as a, as a way to make myself feel better because I feel bad that I hurt you instead of, you know, what the definition that we defined, or if there's like a clinical definition that, that wraps it up better than the way that we did. But I think, and I'd say this is like the most immature because you see this a lot. If you work with younger kids, you will see this a lot. Yeah. And there are some, I think there are some key identifiers for this kind of apology. Uh, in fact, the, the main one, and I've done this, I've for sure have been guilty of this in relationships in high school. Um, I would say even as far as early college, I can't recall a time I I've done this, you know, intentionally afterward. Um, but it was, it's an apology that like, let's say you're in a relationship and you've done something wrong. You apologize for it, whether it's not responding to something or, you know, it could be something small or big and you apologize for it and they go, well, thank you for the apology. I need some time still. And then all you do is keep bugging that person, wanting them to forgive you. Right. And you're saying, well, I already apologized. Things should just be back to normal now. This is it. This is a key identifier that they've apologized for writing their own feelings and just trying to get things back to normal than actually writing the wrong because they are more interested in just returning to normal and not feeling guilty anymore than they are yeah. in your actual restoration and your actual healing. Right. Like exactly. That, yeah. That's what that is. And I, I don't want to say, I don't want to classify something as gaslighting that isn't right. Gaslighting is making someone believe that something actually is their fault. So it's, and, and, uh, you know, they are the source of the problems that they are accusing you of. That's what gaslighting is. But it this is pretty darn close to it because what it's actually doing is it's manipulating the other person and it's changing what the wrong was, right? If I already apologized for what I did wrong, then I haven't done anything wrong anymore. I'm I'm on neutral ground or I'm on good ground. But because you haven't forgiven me, well, now you're the problem. And now you are the offender and I am the victim. It is switching the roles in order to alleviate the feelings of the offender. And it is done to then now guilt the other, you know, the victim, the original victim. Yeah. And oh, good. That's off my shoulders now. Woo. Yep. Why isn't it off yours? Like you should just be over this now. I apologized. I did I what said was sorry. right. Yeah. I said, sorry. You know, those are, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I pulled I pulled the knife out of your leg, you know. Like <laughs> I said, I was sorry. Okay, it's one accidental, maybe stabbing, you know, like whatever. Yeah, it's one accidental stabbing of thirty-seven <laughs> times. I'm sorry. Come on. Like, dude, yeah. it was it was like five minutes ago. Let it go. And 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 I I, I agree with you. You know, it is I, I'd say a form a light form of gaslighting in the sense. Yeah, I just I don't want to make it more than it is, but it is yeah, very it is manipulative. manipulative. And I think I think the difference between being manipulative um, and and malicious is the motivation behind it. I think some people are deliberately doing it to mess with some people 
Yes. Um, and, to, and to convince them that, you know, they're not the bad guy. And I think some people are just doing it because they don't know how, this is the what that I'd say they don't know how to apologize. Like, you know, again, kids don't really understand. They tend to be very selfish. They don't really understand how to apologize. So they're just like, well, I don't know why I'm doing this, but sorry. Yep. Um, and it's like, I just don't, I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. So I'm apologizing. And that's not really how it works, you know. It's not how it's supposed to work. And so I think that's the thing that we struggle with, um, as society is 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 okay. You have to teach people how to apologize correctly. And this these are the these are the types that you get when you don't learn. Um, but then well, there are some that are being deliberately malicious, and it's like, okay, you're doing this, you know, you have an agenda. I would even argue to some extent that the way we teach apologies almost someone encourages this, right? Because yeah, yeah, I'd say that, uh, yeah. for parents teaching their kids, you know, they say, go say you're sorry. Now you say, I forgive you. Great. Now you're all good. Done. And we're, it's done out of a well-intentioned effort to teach someone how to apologize and how to forgive. But the, the actual, you know, the, the logistics of it teach them that, yeah, saying sorry and I forgive you makes this immediate and for the person, and because the I'm the person who says I'm sorry has to initiate that transaction of apologizing, now they are stuck waiting for the forgiveness, and their thought is this isn't over until the forgiveness happens. And if you're not forgiving me, then this is now a problem that you are causing because I've I yeah, put in my the, money. You're the reason why. Yeah, you're the reason why this is. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I I think this is one of the most common ones I see. This is one that I definitely have done. And I'm not saying that to be proud of it. I'm just being like, you know, straightforward. Uh, I've been transparent from the beginning of this episode. <laughs> um, and well, I think a I, lot of people know, have done it. You yeah, know, I'm sure I've done it. I'm sure well, I'm hundred percent sure I've done it. And it's for sure out of immaturity for a lot of like teenagers and, and I mean, even adults, but like most people don't, I would, I would venture to say that most people, if they're not intentionally doing this maliciously, they don't even realize they're doing this. It's, it's mainly like for me, I didn't realize that this is what I was actually communicating or doing until later. And, you know, hindsight is 2020. So that is, that is something that I did not pick up on until later in life that I had done inappropriately. And I almost want to go back to all of those people and apologize for inappropriately apologizing. And it is, you know, that it is manipulation and it isn't okay. And what I don't want to say is that everyone that does it is malicious. Everyone that does it is trying to harm you or hurt you. But I think if you can identify this, you can speak up and explain to them why that, why this isn't the way they want it to go, why this isn't going the way they want it to go, or they hoped it would go, that this is different, that, that you do need time and that forgiveness doesn't work this way or apologizing doesn't work this way. And that, you know, or the hurt that was done to you, you need more time to heal more time to heal than what took them to get to the point of actually apologizing. So the other, the other side of this too, I think is there's this myth of, of closure of this, you know, closure being this, this mythical tool that or magical tool that, that forgets the past or wipes away a record of wrongs as if that's like a normal thing, right? It's uh, closure is, you know, we've closed this chapter of the book. Let's move on and let's return to how things were before anything inappropriate yeah, yeah, was done. Yeah. That is also, um, I think, and I think that's a misunderstanding of what closure is. And I think it's a misunderstanding of, of how, uh, how wrongs change relationships. 
or how, you know, how, how inappropriate actions change relationships. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes it can be escapism per se, you know, just denying that there ever was a problem like denial, like, okay, well now everything's fine. And it's like, no, no, you're not, you know, some, something, Sometimes, I mean, and there's some people who like, they have to go there to survive. And this is not a place of judgment. It's just like, well, that's a myth. Like there is, you know, this is the new normal. Um, Anyone who's gone through a traumatic, you know, event knows that there's, you have to accept the new normal. This is now normal and it's not a bad or good thing. It just is. Um, And, and yeah, like it's, God, God is the only one who forgets. We forgive, but we don't forget. Well, we, and, we can say we do, but unless you have a, a literal, yeah. you know, brain injury, you, you don't forget. You don't wipe the slate clean as much as you want to. Um, no, not at all. And so, I, so, yeah, I think the other the other side of that is misunderstanding that um, if someone hasn't returned to the way things were before the wrong was done, that they said they don't want things to be the way they are. But I think in most cases of a wrong being done or committed, everyone does wish that they could go back to before anything bad happened. But one party is just acknowledging that that isn't as much of a reality as the other. And usually it's the person that is having to forgive that isn't able to get to that point of saying, yeah, things are just back to the way they were. Some people have that ability and some people choose that option, but not everyone. And not everyone. And here's the thing, like, it doesn't necessarily mean um, that the new normal is going to always be negative and worse. Sometimes it can be stronger. Um, we just have to acknowledge that fact that it's not, you know, it's not going back to the same thing. It can be better. You know, uh, people who are able to choose to choose relationship, even though, there has been hurt and trauma in, in that relationship are often able mm-hmm. to create a stronger bond. Yeah. You know, it's never going to break in that way. It might break other ways, other places, but it's never going to break for that <laughs> reason again, because they're like, Hey, you know, we've gone through this and we've dealt with it. And now we're going to, you know, I choose, despite the pain, despite all this, we're going to go through, um, and, and make this better. But you just have to know, like it's, it's, it, some people can't go back. And then the reality is most times you can't go back. No. Um, you just have to know like, all right, well, this is the, this is a new, you know, this is life post that, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because we date life on traumatic events. You know, I think about like the Star Wars universe since we've already, you know, we've already gone there. Um, you know, we date everything b- before the Battle of Yavin, after the Battle of Yavin, before the, you know, you have these different major events um, that we that we date things after, and it doesn't mean that it's good or bad. It just means that this was a big event. Yeah, and so life absolutely. is different. Life is different because of this event. Yes, um, this was a hinge. You know, a hinge point. This is a turning point in in history because of that. In in every relationship, you have your you know battle of Avens, and you have like before this and after this. I can I can point to about twelve of them in my life off the top of my head without even going too deeply into it um but yeah okay so so that's kind of the myth of closure but let's keep going kind of on the because i think we have a, a, a couple more to kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. walk Absolutely. through 
Well, I do um, want to. I do want to bring closure to to that, uh, and I would say uh, we uh, we hinted at it, but I do think closure is learning to embrace or accept whatever the new normal is, and closure could be both people, you know, restoring the broken relationship, or it could be that that relationship never actually. Uh, is restored. It could be that the relationship ends and that is now the new normal is that both parties are now learning to live uh, separately and lives are lives have changed. And so I would say that closure is that process of learning to embrace whatever the new normal is. So I do want to just kind of wrap that or wrap that up in a nice bow. But yeah, I do think there are other ones. Um, you know, one of the other ones that, that really gets me are, uh, uh, blanket apologies or blanket statements. So these another another I think another way to say this would be a non-specific apology, I guess. Uh, but you know these are these are apologies that someone says I'm sorry for everything I did. You know I know I hurt you. I know I you know caused you pain. I'm so sorry for, there were for some all actions that I've done that may or may not have done certain things. Yes, they don't. It doesn't actually, basically, these are apologies that don't actually seek to write what was wrong because they won't even state what was wrong. Yeah. They are the lowest form or lowest effort apology, period. Yeah. It's, I, I call these, I call these, uh, stock, you know, the stock apology. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I remember there was, a for Sports Illustrated, Back when magazines existed, um, I used to read Sports Illustrated as a, as a kid, um, and I remember at the very end there was a, a, a writer named um, oh, and I can't think of his name now. It's killing me. But anyway, he he would write at the very end, literally the last page of every um, uh, magazine, every every um, most uh, uh, the actual know. magazine itself, every every article or whatever, not article, but anyway, he would write at the end of it and he had this last page. I think it was Riley was his name or something like that, but he was a fantastic writer. And one time he wrote this about stock apologies and it literally was like any sport. So it was like, hello, blank, you know, insert audience name. You know, I realized that my actions concerning and then insert, you know, steroids, <laughs> uh, you know, steroid use, uh, hitting that nun, um, you know, punching that fan, uh, getting, in, getting, and then had like drunk, high, whatever, <laughs> like have wow. caused some people to be <laughs> offended, hurt, sent to the hospital, you know, like all these different things. And it was, it was very funny, but it was very true because there was a certain amount of, not scandals per se, but like there was a certain, there was a certain amount of things that were coming out that people just had these stock apologies for where it was like, you know, they just, these, this athlete would do this very dumb thing and then they would come out and be like, I'm so sorry that this has happened. I will do my best to not mm. do this in the future. And we all kind of went, okay. And he was saying how this needed to be different. And it, this is before like domestic violence became a big they started really going after people for domestic violence. But it's funny to me because I'm like, well, you start seeing this a lot with domestic violence and people are finally starting to say, no, this is not okay. Um, but that's this kind of stock apology. It's like you can insert whatever you want in this situation. It's, it's blanket. There's no sincerity behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, if anybody was hurt by this, Maybe, possibly, I'm not admitting to any guilt, but if this possibly could have hurt you at some point in theory, then I will, mm. in theory, also be sorry for that potential hurt that could have happened. 
Now, I will say there are some times when, like, let's say you're someone who did a lot of wrongs and listing them off would actually just do more harm than good. There are times, right. I and think, where that happens. And that's but different, I, yeah. But even then, it's still not an I'm sorry for everything, right? You're still naming specific things that you did wrong or, spe- or specific ways that you hurt the other person. But you're just, you're, just not list- you're just not trying to re-traumatize the person for what you did. And in many cases, like, I think you can actually go the opposite way and go a blanket, a blanket apology would be one that is so specific that it becomes nonspecific. You're now apologizing for things that the person doesn't even know, didn't even, you know, hasn't actually processed it at all. You know, they didn't even realize was an issue yet. You're just apologizing for everything, hoping that this is going to cover all of your sins. And it is once again done selfishly and not done with the true, you know, motivation of writing something yeah. that was wrong. These these are almost always deliberately mo- manipulative. Yep. Um, and and it's an it's the intentionality of it. Again, it's the motivation. You know, I mean these are these are malicious in their non maliciousness if that makes sense. <laughs> they're they're malicious because they don't do anything but it demands an immediate you know, forgiveness, regardless of the severity of what, what happened. I mean, it's like, you have to forgive me now because I clearly made this statement. Um, I mean, the Kevin Spacey one is the one that just comes up to me right away. You know, it's just a deflection of, I may have possibly hurt someone, but I'm gay, so it's okay. And it's like, wait, that has nothing to do with anything. You know, you're not doing this to get out of it. And, and, it was one of those things where everyone knew he was a jerk in real life, and then all of a sudden he he does this terrible thing, and it's like, oh, but you know, I'm I'm a you know a minority, I'm a I'm a an oppressed person too, so it's okay. And it's like, no, this doesn't make any of it okay. It doesn't soften the blow of what you no. did, and then all it does is reveal the motivation that you have, which is that you're a terrible, terrible person. Um, yep, because you're not trying to you're not trying to. You're not trying to heal or bring closure or help the the victim. You're trying to have a career after this. Correct. Um, and you have to you have to apologize in a way that doesn't admit any wrongdoing or guilt in case there's a lawsuit. Right? Yeah, you can't and, and again, huge deflection. Huge deflection. Yep. You're just you're just pulling a distraction. So yes, I think that the blanket statements are 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 terrible because they they just they don't they don't actually admit that you did anything wrong. And that that's just so frustrating to me when it, when it happens. Like that is something that has happened to me continually um, where there are certain people who, you know, whether I've put boundaries in place or whatever, they, they, they have come back to me several times and tried to apologize for the things they've done wrong. But man, if I were to ask them, what did you actually do wrong? They probably wouldn't even be able to tell me. And there are some people that I've actually tested that on and I was correct so blanket statements are ones too that are malicious because they do come across as genuine. Sometimes they do give you all the time in the world to heal and, and, and fix things. But the, but the problem with blanket statement apologies or blanket apologies that is that you often don't realize that they were inappropriate until the person hurts you again, doing the very things that they claimed yeah. to have apologized yeah. for. Well, because they I mean- never, they, you never said that that was a thing that, you know, that specific action was one of the, they said everything I did wrong, but they never said that this was the thing they did wrong. You know, and then you, you go back. And I think that's the other thing about these blanket apologies is people come back 
oh, you know, I don't want to say that, uh, what, what is the, the therapy that people were sent to when they, uh, Isaiah Washington and people like that, what was it called? Where it's like, oh, um, it's, uh, it's some with a D. Um, I'll Google it. You keep talking. Yeah. Inclusionary training or something like that. You know, you'll like, I don't want to just say anything negative um, about that industry and say it doesn't work. But, um, you know, a lot of times people come back with apologies or I was unaware that this, you know, statement or these words had such a negative effect. And it's like, no, you clearly knew. Otherwise you wouldn't have said it like that. Mm. Like if you're eight, okay, sure. I'll give you that <laughs> pass. You know, you're 45. You knew what you were doing. Um, you know, if this isn't your first language, um, if this is your second or third language, you know, okay, I'll give you a pass because you maybe literally didn't know what that word meant. Most people, that's just not true. Um, diversity train. Diversity, diversity train. Yes, diversity that's training. That's the word I was looking for. Um, the, you know, these diversity, you know, and training classes and all that, like a lot of times, like I had a friend that, he, you know, he saw one, he didn't understand what a microaggression was. And he's like, oh shoot, like I've been doing this for years. And and that's one where he immediately like apologizes and people's like, I am so sorry. I did not realize that this is a thing. And they're like, no, it's okay. Like we we understood that you weren't doing this out of maliciousness. It's just something that, you know, you you need to understand, like it it just bothers us. And he's like, I I will try to do this, you know, I'm so sorry. Um mm. and it's one of those things of, yeah, okay. He acknowledged that and people understood that. Um but then for somebody, it, what happens is a lot of times these trains, they will come back and because they it did not address the real problem, it just addressed the legal side of it. They can do these terrible things. You're going to be like, I, I'm going to try to do better as I move forward. And it's like, no, we know you're not because you don't have that specific, I realize the pain that I have caused yeah. and, and it eats me up. And I never want to cause that pain again. Um, you know, I, I, I'm probably getting into trouble with this statement, but that's why Batman doesn't kill people because he doesn't want to create, in my personal opinion, he doesn't want to create another Batman. He was created, the pain in his life was created by somebody murdering two mm-hmm. people. And because he does not ever want to take the chance of creating someone like himself, he does not kill. He puts his faith in the justice system and he does everything he can to create a system of justice where people do not experience the trauma that he experienced. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's why he is the Batman, which is why the the recent DC movies do not understand that at all. He is not an action figure. Get it Right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All no, right. I, I feel understand. bad for our editor who's going to have to like take no, the volume down from that he's, one. He's um, okay. No, but like seriously, like it, it, it's this it's this kind of thing where these blanket statements allow you to continually create the same demons over and over without ever actually dealing with the situation, and that's what's frustrating. Is people will keep coming back with these blanket apologies. I mean, I know a friend who. You know, this one person in their life, they keep coming back with these apologies as a way to get back into their life. And it's like, no, stop, stop. You know, what are you actually sorry for? You know, someone who keeps saying, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, the terrible things I did, the terrible things I did, the terrible things I did. Well, the best way to make sure a wound is never going to heal is keep picking at the scab. 
Yep. Rip the bandages off. Keep doing that. Never let the wound heal. That's the best way, you know, to, to, um, you know, rub it in. A lot of times, um, I, I don't want to say a lot of times there are these stories about, um, these, these, uh, criminals who are given sentences, right? Like a drunk driving and they, and they kill, you know, someone and they have to pay the family, you know, once a year on the, on the anniversary of whatever. And they're saying, please, can I just pay it in full? Can I do something? Because it it's causing me so much pain and, you know, and that's the idea is like, it doesn't allow for healing. The apology does not allow for healing. And those are the type of apologies that it, it just, it bugs me because it's yeah. not, it's not allowing for healing by the very nature of it. It does not allow for healing or account for future. It, it doesn't say any part of it. There's no part of it that actually creates the apology, not the acknowledgement of guilt because it's not acknowledging anything specific and not the, the, um, uh, uh, future avoidance of future pain. Yep. So I think, I think another, another example is, well, before I list the other example, I do want to pause and kind of say this, the, the reason that we're listing these off is maybe is twofold. I think one, maybe you can identify a situation where you have apologized inappropriately, but two, I'm hoping that there's some people out there that are listening to this that are thinking, Yes, that happened to me. I never had language for it before, or I never realized why I was un- un- uncomfortable yeah. with this. Yes, yes. And, you know, you now have language or an understanding or, you know, some sort of trail to follow now of understanding what was actually done to you. And that is really important to have. So I'm hoping that that us listing these off is not just us yeah. complaining, but is actually useful or beneficial to someone. And I, I fully acknowledge that us listing all of these off is not going to be beneficial to everyone. <laughs> Not, but we, yeah. yeah, and again, we're trying to, you know, get conversation going about this. But this is the whole thing. It's like I know some people that when I explained about apologies, they were like, I had this person apologize. They did this terrible thing to me, and I never felt right. And, and, and everyone said, well, they apologize, you know, like let it go, let it go. And they're like, it, it just something was off. And I explained this, and they go, that's what it was. And so that's the point of saying this is like for you to at least be able to acknowledge it and and be able to to work through it. Yep. So the last, the last example I do want to give here is uh, counter accusations. These yes. are the, uh, these are the, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, I'm sorry I did this, but you know, I wouldn't have done this if you hadn't done this thing or that thing, right? These are the kind of apologies that seek to make someone else feel better by making them feel like they aren't the only one that did something wrong. Right. That, that, that misery loves its company. Right. And they attempt to make to once again, put, put the offender in the position of victim. You forced me to do this. In fact, counter accusation, counter accusatory apologies would be the ones that I would actually claim almost as gaslighting. It's your fault that I did something wrong. This is your problem, not mine. Oh, I, I mean, I would put that dead on as gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly it. It's like, I'm the victim here. Um, you see this a lot in court, man. Oh my goodness! Everybody wants to. Everybody wants. Oh, it's video games. It's the parents. It's the you know, as a counselor, um, not an official counselor, 
<laughs> when, I, when I put my pastoral counseling hat on, a lot of times people will come with that and they'll just be like, oh, this person did this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, well, what did you do? And they're like, well, what do you mean me? I'm like, yeah, well, what did you do to, to, you know, keep the situation going or whatever, you know, why did you not stop to it? And they're like, I'm not the victim here. Or like, you know, I'm the victim here. I'm not the, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we cannot move forward until you acknowledge your part in this. You are not, you're the reason why this situation is continuing to go because you have not actually apologize to this person. And until you acknowledge the hurt that you have given, you're just going to keep deflecting and keep deflecting and keep, you know, this is, you know, again, I would toss Kevin Spacey into this one, Louis CK into this one. Um, You know, Oh, well I did this because of this. You know, I'm, you know, I may be a monster, but what are the monster that, that created me? Well, that doesn't excuse your actions. It doesn't excuse the pain you caused. Yes, yeah. we might feel bad for you too. And, and I think that, again, the motivation behind it sometimes matters, but either way, it's always manipulative. I had someone apologize to me once and, and tossed in this whole, you know, traumatic situation that happened to them. And it was like, well, be, just because of the timing, it, that's manipulative. Whether or not you intended it maliciously, it's always manipulative. And counter counter accusation apologies are always manipulative, regardless of whether the intent was there or not. Well, I I, I would put a yeah counter accusation apologies are. I do think that yeah. ones where someone tries to provide some context that might be different. So for which for, is different. Yeah, for, that's yeah, different. Like, right, like a newer relationship where you've done something wrong because of a past trauma that you have and um, the the other person doesn't even know that trauma exists. So you've hurt them with this thing that you didn't know would hurt them and that they don't understand why you act that way or do that thing. And so you, you, you are apologizing because you acknowledge that now this thing is wrong in the, the context of this relationship and um, you're now – and you're also trying to explain – this is why this happened, but, and here's the but, here right. are the steps that we can take to make sure it doesn't happen right. again, right? Exactly. Like that's the, it is, it is, context is always given with the intent to inform, not the intent to, not the intent to accuse or guilt. It's an explanation and not an excuse. And I think Correct. that is, that's the big deal. And that's the same thing with the counter accusation. The counter accusation is an excuse for the behavior. And, and so even if you're not necessarily accusing the other person, which I would say a counter accusation is always malicious. Um, but anytime you, you create an excuse rather than an explanation, it's, it's mm. manipulative. You're manipulating the situation because, well, I'm just as much a victim as you. That's not what's going on here. You know, uh, that's not an appropriate apology. And that's the point is it's not that there's necessarily good or bad. There's appropriate or inappropriate. Yeah. And, and a completely appropriate apology can be turned into an inappropriate one because they're doing good. They're doing good. And at the last second, but I am also, nope, nope. Now it's inappropriate. Well, and, and let's be clear too. I think the way to identify this is, is the context or information revealed something that can actually make the relationship better than it was before. You know, can it lead to a better relationship than what, than what existed before? If I give you context that this happened because I have, um, you know, I have this unresolved pain or this pain that I'm working through with, um, with, you know, a parent that left when I was a kid and you don't know about the, any of that, right. Then you understanding 
why I am the way I am and understanding that I'm trying to be better than that. Right. And us understanding and knowing the, you know, more fully who I am and who you are, that can lead to a more beautiful relationship. Right. It is not an excuse. It is, it is an explanation and it is an explanation given to better understand the wrong that was done so that you can prevent it from happening again. You know, most people lash out when they're, when they feel like they're put in a corner. It's a natural reaction. I mean, it's, it goes even beyond humanity. I mean, it's an, it's a being alive in this world. If you're, if you feel like you're pushing a corner, you lash out. And so a lot of times, Mm -hmm. um, especially in the context of relationship, people don't realize that they're putting other people in the corners until the, you know, the reaction happens. And then, you know, giving context for this, saying, look, here's the reality. I felt like I was in a corner because of this and it made me do this or, or, that's why I felt I had to do this, but I don't want to do this again. Correct. Because I caused you pain, even though I felt like I was the victim, I caused you pain. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that can be applied to a, a, a host of a, a plethora of <laughs> uh, situations. And, yeah. and you have to know, like giving context is fine. Don't make it an excuse. Don't don't mm. take that extra step, and that it ta- it can be a bit of a fine line, um, but but don't make it an excuse. Just say, hey, look, this is this is an explanation. I'm, I'm telling you this so you understand. If we can avoid certain things, certain trick, you know, like I just I just I was I felt like I was in a corner and I lashed out. Yeah, I'm sorry, and and this. So really, qu- all right. So we've, we've kind of gone through all of this. As we wrap up, like, what is a good way to make an apology? Yeah. So I, I, I do want to, as and I jump into this, yeah. Yeah. An ap- appropriate apology. I do want to, I do want to say this, a, th- I don't know. Th- there is a, I think there is a base level formula to an apology, but I don't think that that base level should be f- like, you have to contextualize it's, it's, apologies, right? Yeah, it's it, not it a, is a flexible model. It's yeah, a, it's yes. not a template. And the other thing I would say is I actually want to go back and kind of modify our definition to also include the very last thing we just mentioned, which is that you know, a, an apology not only seeks to right what was wrong, but uh, will will try to create or suggest steps to make that happen, right? That and th- so this is what I would say is a real apology. First of all, a real poli- a real apology says I apologize or I am sorry. It it in my mind, and this is this is why I say it's kind of there's some of this stuff that's foundational, but at the end of the day, you know, apology the content of your apology is contextualized but at the end of the day an apology is an apology it acknowledges guilt yeah you need to say i am sorry i did x thing you know wrong right um i can understand why in i can understand why in legal situations apologies have to be slightly shifted um because there are um there are certain situations where like certain words will be used to Gain leverage in a legal leverage, situation. Yeah, correct. Which and will only cause seek more out pain. A, correct. Or seek out a punishment that is worse than what the crime actually right, was. Right, exactly. So I, I can understand in very specific circumstances where you have to be careful with your wording. But in general, I maintain that, yes, it is um, an apology will include the words, I am sorry or I apologize for. And then very specific. And, and the, this is the other thing. You're specific. Specifics. Yep. Be you know, specific. Tony, I apologize that I, um, you know, that I said your father was this. I actually, you know, I you said, should what? never, <laughs> I should have never said that. 
Yeah. Um, it was wildly inappropriate. I see that now. I thought, you know, not even I thought it was okay. Just clearly you thought it was okay or else you wouldn't have done it, right? So there's yeah. no, it's, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm making this up as I go at the content of the apology, but it is, but I'm sorry. Kind of, yeah. A good apology should come from the heart. So there's a little bit of that, you know, improvisational yep. context to it. I mean, I'm not saying you have to, you know, say it every time. It can be written down. It can be prepared, but it should have that context of like, you know what? I didn't realize. And it can be quick too. You know, it can be like, oh dude, I'm really sorry. I didn't, I, I didn't mean for it to come out that way. I really didn't because it caused you pain. I think the other good thing for a real apology is that you always admit that you were in the wrong. That, yes. that to me is a, the biggest point. You know what? It doesn't matter. I was wrong. I was wrong. Clearly the situation did not, I don't apologize for what I did, but I apologize for the way it came out. You know, even something like that works because you're like, I was still in the wrong here yeah. and here and here. And because I was in the wrong here and here and here, that's what I'm sorry for. And I will try to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I will, I will, you know, not say it in this way again, or I will not do it in this way again, but it acknowledges I was wrong. I had a situation where I was apologizing one time and they kept coming back and they kept going deeper. And all I kept saying was, no, you're right. I was wrong. I caused you, I, I hurt you. I hurt your feelings mm-hmm. and I'm wrong. And you did this. Yep. And you're right. I was wrong. And literally, I mean, I call it licking the earth. Because you just keep getting lower and lower. And every time they would try to, you know, like get me to fight back, I was like, no, you're right. I was wrong. There's no, there's no way you're going to get me to defend myself. I was wrong because of yep. the pain I caused you. And once they realized that, I mean, the situation was over and we moved on mm-hmm. because to the new normal, uh, because I was like, no, I was wrong. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you had guilt. It doesn't matter if you're the one who started it. I caused you pain and that was not okay. Well, and even and in addition you, to that, the the listening portion of that is really important. The other person yeah. does need to feel heard and feel acknowledged. Yeah. Um, that is incredibly important. Not I acknowledged you and you don't recognize that, but they need to feel that and understand it as which well. Is, which is which is where the specificity needs to come in. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Now, there are times where they do lash out. And I will say I agree with you in saying that the way you did something was wrong sometimes is an okay apology. And just as a low-hanging fruit, kind of analogy there. Like, you know, if you say, Hey, you're ugly and I punch you in the face because that hurt my feelings. Right. I can say i was hurt by what you said. I should not have punched you in the face. I'm sorry. That is not the way that I should have expressed my hurt or pain. And I will say, I am so sorry that you are so ugly. It caused you to punch me in the face. So, (laughs) but, but you know, yeah, that's a great example. It really is where it's like, you're still wrong for saying it but I shouldn't have done this because that's the right. That's the contriteness is I caused pain. Even if you caused pain, this isn't about necessarily what you did wrong. This is about what I did wrong and the pain that I caused you. Well, and it's, it's, you can only take responsibility for your side of whatever the wrong, what that was done was. If you were in a place where you are ready to apologize and the other party isn't, it's not your responsibility to, you know, to expedite their apology because you apologized first. I think it's your job to apologize for whatever is your responsibility and, um, and leave it there. Like that's, I, and, and let them apologize when they recognize it or when they realize it. Yeah. So it is, 
it is something that is, it can be very hard to do. But I think if you've done the work of, of working through what you did wrong and the steps you can take to make things better, um, you'll be in a much better place to acknowledge, you know, letting the other person get there as well. Um, and then, and it, go ahead. No, I, and well, you, you finish, finish up cause that's a good, thought. I was just going to say the last, I was just going to say that the last element of a real apology is looking for ways or suggesting ways to make sure that the wrong never happens again. Right. Yeah. These are the steps that I'm going to take to make sure that I do not hurt you this way or hurt you, you know, yeah. Hurt you this way again. Cause you can't promise that you're never going to hurt hurt someone else. Yeah. And I would say the other step, the other step of the apology can only be seen through time, the lens of time, which is never doing it again. Um, Mm. if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, and obviously for some things, you know, like if, here's the thing, it, it, it's really easy to not say the N-word. It's really easy. You just don't say the N-word. <laughs> and so for some people that are like, oh, I will never say this again. Like, okay, that's really easy. No, for some people, there's, some, you know, I, I will never lash out at you again. Okay, that's just, sometimes you can't control that. You can't control never reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, or never, you know, I will never forget to take the trash out again or something. You know what I mean? Like there's some things that like, look, I can't guarantee that this isn't going to happen again, but I see the pain that this has caused you and I'm not going to do it. There are some things that are very easy to say. I, I'm just never going to do it yep. again. And there's some things that it's like, I, I am so sorry. I truly am. I, you know, I will, I will, I will make sure that this does not happen again, mm-hmm. but it, it, it might despite my best intentions. But that's the whole point. It's like you have to tr- do, put an effort in to make sure, making sure that that situation isn't brought up again be- as a result of your actions. Um, yeah. So and, then, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say, depending on the severity too, the person's effort in following through on the steps that, that were agreed upon can also be an indicator, even if they do hurt you again, that they really are trying. There are some things, don't don't get me wrong, adultery, like, you know, going out and cheating on your significant other does not fall into this category of, I tried to follow the steps, but man, I just couldn't stay away from Ashley Madison. Like, that's not how that works. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Although Uh, I would say that there's some people who, you know, legitimately have an addiction and, you know, you know. I, I really, you know, and, and it's, it is a, you know, the disease aspect of it takes over, but at the same time, it there might, for you, you might say, well, you did try your best, but you know, you keep stabbing me, buddy. I'm not going to show up to your Correct. house anymore because you yep. keep stabbing me. So let's, let's, let's flip it real quick. And I think this is going to be the most helpful side and kind of a preview yes. for whenever we do an episode on forgiveness and maybe we just do a part two on forgiveness, you know, next week. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll figure that maybe. out, but we'll never you know, know. how do you, only time, how do you will tell. only time will tell. So how do you accept time an apology time. then? How do you actually, you know, receive that and receive it well? If you're lost, then you look and you will find me time after time. Okay. Um, <laughs> to receive an apology, well, I think the first thing you need to do is listen, hear them out. Um, mm. That is something that you not always, that is, that is a very contextualized one. I think there are some people that, you know, they've proven that their apologies are not sincere and you know, shake the dust off your sandals and move on. Forgiveness is a whole different thing. And we could talk about forgiveness, um, which yeah. I mean, is a big topic in, in 
you know, Christianity and in the world. But for apologies, I think there's some people that's like, no, I'm not going to give you the platform. Um, because you've proven that your, you, you know, your word does not work. But I think that's the first step is hearing them out. I think the second step is without feeling the, the need or pressure to forgive them, to ex- accept that their contrition is real, um, which goes with hearing. Like if you're listening to what they're saying and they're not truly contrite, like they're not actually sorry, okay, then you you know say that. But if they are, if the contrition is there, acknowledge the contrition. Yeah. I'd say that that's a better way of saying it. Acknowledge the the contrition level, the level of contrition. If it's non-existent or it's very low, then acknowledge that. If it you know is high or and you can genuinely tell that they are sorry, then acknowledge that. But acknowledge the level and respond to the level of contrition. Well, and I I, I think too we make a mistake if we think that forgiveness has to be a part of accepting an apology. Right. Forgiveness is not, forgiveness is a step after that, but accepting an apology is simply resolving the conversation, resolving the moment it's, it is, and resolving it peaceably and resolving it well and, and intentionally. So I think receiving or accepting an apology is simply, you know, is saying thank you for the apology and, 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 and recognizing the, the level of contrition and saying, you know, whatever you need to do next, like that's what you're stating. So you're saying, that's I, what I you was going to say, yeah, thank you for your, you know, thank you for the apology. And I, you know, I understand how hard this was for you. I really appreciate that you acknowledge that you've done something wrong. I appreciate that you, you know, that you've said specifically, like, I do feel like you really are sorry for this and I do appreciate it. Right. That's recognizing the contrition. Right. And expressing but, appreciation for it. Yeah. And you say, I am not yet in a place where I can move forward from this. Like I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm trying to be or whatever. You can state whatever you're, wherever you're at, but you need to say, I, I do need more time. I don't know how much time and I need you to honor that. I need you to honor the space. And this is what that space looks like. I think one of the difficulties too is people don't define space or they don't define what they need or communicate what they need. And I think this is one of those situations where as best as you can, you have to be as specific as possible in saying like, I need space. And that means, Hey, we're not going to talk for a few days. That means I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go stay at my parents' house or I don't know what it is, but I need space. I need time. I need to think through this. Um, I need to, you know, I'm going to go to counseling and work through this, whatever it is. Um, Or you say, I appreciate your apology. However, uh, I cannot. um, However, I cannot return to the way things were. You know, the hurt was too great. I'm not comfortable being in this relationship or restoring this to what it was before. I can't, and I'm, you know, and this is not, this was not okay. This was something that, that was, while I appreciate your apology and I accept it, this is an irreconcilable difference at this point. And um, that is like, that's accepting it. Now there's a greater conversation there, but that is, that is the reality of a relationship is you are, you take the risk of, yeah, there are tough conversations that do have to happen. Your responsibility is, is simply to accept the apology if it's genuine and do what you need to do to heal whatever that you know looks like, aside w- from killing the other person. <laughs> yeah, and I would say you can even accept the apology and then respond with, but I do not believe that you are truly contrite. You know, right. I accept that yeah. you 
have said this and, and I accept your apology, but I don't believe that you're actually sorry. So I, I'm not going to move on and I want you to know that. And that can provide closure at times. And mm. it's not your responsibility to provide closure, but I think it's your responsibility as the apology um, to, to try to bring healing into the situation. Um, and so your job is your, your responsibility is to, well, if you're the victim, I mean, don't, you, you know, you don't have a real responsibility, but if you want to, to accept the, if to accept it and then respond. And I would say, I, I'd say you, you do to an extent have a responsibility to accept, um, the apology, but I think you can also then respond back with, well, I don't really think you're sorry. Um, and if you truly do believe that, then you you know don't accept the apology. But it do do it in a situation is going to bring healing best for the other person. I think that is the biggest thing about forgiveness is that forgiveness brings healing with you. And we can talk about that later on in a different episode with an apology. Just accept it and be like, okay, all right. Yeah, I don't believe you, but okay, you know, or an apology, or, just, or or and the other thing as as best as you can. Try to help keep that person accountable, especially in a, in a close relationship. Mm. You know, all right, yeah. and I'm going to do my best to keep you accountable, to hold you to the vow and the steps that you are making. Um, because I don't want to get hurt again either. You know, um, and 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 sometimes, and, and like you said, sometimes there isn't going to be any closure. Sometimes there's just no, there's just no resolution that ends with a okay, let's go forward. Um, other mm-hmm. than it's just not going to work out, but I accept your apology. And, yeah, I appreciate you apologizing. You know, and and I've had to apologize quite a few times in my life, and I'm going to have to apologize a lot of a lot yeah. more. And every time I'm going to do my best, and I and I will accept the apologies that are given to me, regardless of whether I believe them. Um, I that's just that's something that I do, and I go okay, and then I respond back with however I feel that contrition level is. But it's that way of me as the person mm-hmm. who's being apologized to, to say I accept it not because of who you are, but because of who I am. This is my character. This is, mm-hmm. you know, again, sometimes people use apologies as a way of trying to control your life, and so you take back that control by choosing to do it on your terms. And and I think that's what we were talking about with, you know, I need you to accept that I may not be ready to deal with this and you you know, and if they don't, that's on them. But you need to be able to to do it on your terms. Take back the agency that sometimes is denied to you. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. and display, you know, for Christians display the working that Christ is going in your life. That, you know, the 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 growth that you're experiencing as a Christian by accepting mm-hmm. the apology and responding in a way that will bring healing to the person, whether through uh, accountability and holding them, you know, holding their feet to the fire or through, um, you know, continuing their relationship. Yep, absolutely. And I, I do think personally, I think we make a mistake if we think that the apology conversation has to be the resolution of the matter. Absolutely. And we yes, rush, absolutely. we try to it's rush not. ourselves to to, you know, making things normal again because we believe that they apologize. Like, here's the thing. If you allow the apology conversation to be the resolution of the matter, you are you are still giving control to the offender. 
because you are dictating that whenever they apologize, that's when you have to be ready to move on. And you will guilt yourself and shame yourself for not being in a position to move on or, you know, not being as healed as, as they think you should be, or as you thought you would be by this point. It is, it is not taking agency. It is not, it is not taking control of your life. And, and, and it is, I don't think it's a healthy part of the healing process. I do think that you need, I'm not, you know, I don't think this is a game of control, but I do think that when you have done something wrong and have been victimized, agency has been taken from you. And I think one of the most important parts of restoration is having, is either regaining that agency, you know, taking it back, whatever, whatever that looks like, but it's, it is restoring the agency that you once had in your life. That is incredibly important. And, and I would add really quickly I think another good way or important way of accepting an apology is not allowing the person to to not let not letting them get away with a bad apology. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure it's a good apology. If someone does an inappropriate one, call them out on that and be like, "No, this isn't inappropriate." Um, don't just let them for for sake of expediency or you know, no, uh, it might cause you more pain. Um, and so it, it, sometimes in situations you just want to get over with and, hey, you know, do that. But yeah. a, a weight of, of, you know, hey, don't let them get away with with a bad apology. Um, say, no, this isn't appropriate. Come, you know, he, come back with a real apology. You didn't do yep. this right. This is, this is not okay. Um, and don't accept those. Now, Again, that is not necessarily a, you, they can do an appropriate apology that isn't contrite and you can be like, well, you're not actually feeling sorry. But it, if they're doing an inappropriate one, you know, and they start becoming manipulative, call them out on that and say, no, 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 no. Yep. That is not okay. Yep. Um, the scary thing about educating people on this kind of thing is that you're also giving the tools to manipulate. Like you, you also are partially or potentially providing tools for abusers or manipulators to use against other people because now they can learn the format of the apology. Right. And if you're now looking for that, like, Oh cool, you can leave it. So I do think that you make a a very valuable and essential point because contriteness is hard, is a lot harder to fake. Yeah. Like true guilt and contriteness is is very, uh, yeah, it, it is, it is, really important to keep an eye out for that and look for that. And, you know, and I don't, I do think that, you know, refraining from giving people the tools to, to navigate these conversations and navigate these situations, uh, refusing to do that just because you might equip someone else to do something bad is still allowing that person too much control in our lives. And I do think it is important that we, we still educate people and talk about these things that really matter. uh, Because because it, yeah. that's the only way you can go against those abusers. Um, I'm, I remember yep. clear as day a situation where there was someone who was a manipulative abuser, um, you know, verbal and and I don't think physical, but they just they absolutely were. And one of the ways is they were, how can I make this right? How can I make this right? And so we told them, this is how you make this right. And they go, well, I don't think I should. Do- okay, well then you're not really sorry. You mm-hmm. asked us how to make it right. We told you how to make it right. If you don't want to do that, then you're not really sorry. And, and, it, but it re, that's how you fight back is by mm-hmm. knowing what a good apology is, what an appropriate apology mm-hmm. is and, and by holding someone to those standards. Um, and like I said, time will tell. That's why, that's why I think it's not just enough to say it. You have to actually back those words up with yep. actions. 
and mm-hmm. and you can tell and it's like okay they really were sorry you know um i think it is possible for a leopard to change its spots you know god can change mm-hmm. people but a lot of times um that that takes patience and time it doesn't happen overnight so you have to hold people to those you have to have that level of accountability absolutely so hey we hope that this episode has been beneficial to you maybe to some of you freeing or you know cathartic um you know i know there are sometimes where people listen and they they'll tell me like i was listening in my car and all i could do was fist pump and say yes yes that yes and i hope that this is an episode for some of you where you know we gave you some language or gave you the tools you needed to identify a wrong that was done to you or a wrong that is currently being done to you and the tools to to understand it um so thank you guys so much for listening uh, and for being on this journey with us yes and be on the lookout for more be on the lookout for the absurd podcast network and a beautiful faith launching on the 22nd of january and with that we'll see you next week 